think everyone's uh, ready. Sorry uh, we had to call this at the last minute, but uh, you'll see why in a, a few minutes as uh, things have just gone to the DA's office today and a number of cases that we're going to talk to you about uh, this afternoon. Uh, first, I want to recognize a couple of people in the room. We have Detective Sergeant Ryan Cox uh, from the Sun Prairie Police Department. You'll see that Sun Prairie has a case. <laughs> you'll, see, you'll see Sun Prairie has a case that pertains to what we're going to talk about. Uh, we also have John and Jody Schmidt uh, representing the, the Green Cab Company. And uh, we have Bill Carter uh, from Union Cab. So as I referenced to you in uh, the email I sent out to the media, some of what we're going to talk about has to do uh, with the recent uh, cab driver robberies. And uh, a number of other crimes have also, we think, likely been solved with uh, several arrests. Chief Koval can highlight those for you. Also, uh, some of those who are involved are juveniles. I don't have their picture, but I do have a picture of the adult that we've arrested in a number of these cases. Well, thank you very much for taking a break from your wall-to-wall -wall coverage of the Snonami. We have news here, too, every now and then. Uh, at the end of the day, I think as many of you will recall, particularly because it was centered around the holiday season and shortly thereafter, uh, you would have to have been living under a rock not to have seen the spate of armed criminal violence that we say saw taking place in our community. Um, there was a rash of them. Uh, we had everyone from homeowners to gas station clerks to bonded uh, servants that we're very reliant on here in Madison, our licensed and regulated cab couriers. And uh, throughout all of that, it left all of us wondering when or if we'd ever make some arrests. And we're happy that we can report today that we have had some conclusion, although there are still some investigative steps to continue with. And we believe that we are not done in terms of that. Today, as Joel has uh, posted here, we have in jail, thanks to the efforts of our MPD Violent Crimes Unit and so many others, we've had some collaborators from other local agencies, including Sun Prairie. We've been uh, fortified by our other detectives from around our various districts, patrol officers, forensic investigators. But MPD Violent Crimes Unit was the tip of the spear for these a series of very, very concerning um, violent acts involving guns, which is very concerning to me. You know, we have a, a service industry of sort that sort of works in the shadow without fanfare, but which all of us are definitely feeling are indispensable to the daily quality of life we have. We all need gas for our vehicles, and that was our 24-7 sorts of opportunities. We've all had a friend or a loved one or maybe a, a son or a daughter that we want to have in a secure cab where we know that the drivers can be trusted to deliver anywhere in the city of Madison 24-7, and that's a thankless job. And I know that as a younger officer, I certainly uh, pushed a lot of my problems into the backs of your seats, uh, saying, can you please get them out of here because they're going to be a problem to themselves or others. And so when these people who are the bedrock of our community are threatened, that's concerning. It's concerning when people can be in the sanctity of their home and be victims to an armed home invasion. It's concerning when two teenagers on a very nice residential street in the city of Madison on the Near East Side can literally be held up. And so we're going to wrap all of these together to try to demonstrate that today Madison is a safer place 
because this 28-year-old man from Madison, Eric Clay, is under arrest, sitting in the jail, and at this point we're up to five counts of party to a crime of armed robbery. Now, uh, as is often the case, uh, we can't do these investigations in a vacuum. Uh, I can speak for the, the lead uh, detective who has coordinated spreadsheets and done an incredible job of going through a labyrinth of forensic leads and working with others, but I'm sure he would agree that the cab owners themselves, who have a vested interest in the protection of not only of their clientele, but also of their drivers, the mainstay, their backbone of their operation, that they were, in fact, uh, made safe. And we all know that this situation was so unrelenting for a while that one cab agency even chose to forego or suspend the 24-7 um, ordinance requirement on this. And when I was asked by the mayor about my feeling about that, I said I completely can understand wanting to protect your people until you had a sense of understanding about where we were at with the crimes. And we have met with the various cab organizations over the course of this, and through their cooperation and collaboration, they have done a great service to us in helping us to clear these crimes. They have incredible uh, forensic records of their own in terms of uh, times, dates, uh, addresses, and phone numbers. And so working with them in those phone numbers, we can triangulate and put on a metric sort of who's making those calls from where, where is their similarities, where are the, their differences, and in that sense you can develop some modus operandi for how these crimes are being committed and by whom. So we're very grateful for that cooperation and I'm glad you could be here to celebrate this win for us today. As is so often the case, when you start getting into the meat of one of these cases, you find out that uh, oftentimes these suspects do not operate in a vacuum or in isolation. And such has been the case here. Working on and through the, the, clay, the clay involvement, we came to find out and learn that there was a 16-year-old male who was also complicit in a number of these crimes. And uh, that young person has also been referred to the DA's office for charges. Um, an intake was done, and uh, he and others were ultimately put through the system, through the Juvenile Reception Center. When you deal with someone who's 16 plus, meaning as closer as you get to 17, I would suspect that the district attorney's office will look at the severity of the crimes, the number of the crimes as so charged or referred, and in looking at that uh, opportunity to be at 17, 17 in our state is an age of automatic waiver to adult courts of original jurisdiction, so I would leave it to the DA's office to determine if uh, they are going to look at this 16-year-old as a waiver consideration for adult courts, but I can't comment on that today. In any event, we found that Clay, working with this 16-year-old, led investigators to uh, other teens who are also accused of robbing a, uh, a sandwich delivery driver. Joel has done a great job of pulling the abstracts from a lot of these investigative reports, and I'm only going to give you the rudimentary outlines of the various crimes that we're looking at, and you'll hear those, okay? Chief, so what I've yep. given all of you, and tell me if you have done it, these are our original incident reports, so you're not going to see suspect names on these, but these are what we would have put out at the time of the crimes. What's missing there, obviously, there's a, another case uh, from Sun Prairie uh, that you can 
hear about later. And again, when we talk about the five counts, RAV two crime of armed robbery, those are just the Madison counts. Mm -hmm. Sun Prairie's is in addition to the five. And, and this is as good a time as any. If at the end of my comments, we definitely wanted to bring Sun Prairie in on board on this. Uh, as they have always been collaboratively good partners, and it's my understanding that they also have an outstanding independent charge uh, in conjunction with a lot of the same names that came up in our investigation. So I will defer to the good detective sergeant if you have questions or he, if you want to volunteer any comments on your case when we're all finished up here. You're more than welcome. Uh, it should be noted that uh, our suspect, Mr. Clay, has passed convictions for armed robbery and he was taken into custody earlier this month under a probation hold. And uh, now, obviously, we've referred charges to the district attorney's office to add to those. Uh, here are basically an outline of those crimes for which Clay and other suspects that I've sort of mentioned have been invoked. We go back to December 14th on West Shore Drive at Drake Street. There was a cab robbery, and the suspects that have been identified for that are Clay and this 16-year-old young man. December 14th, Tower Drive, Sun Prairie, the gas station robbery. Suspects are Clay and this teen. December 15th, the 5300 block of Raywood Drive. That was a cab robbery. The suspect is Clay. December 15th, off uh, North Mill Street, cab robbery. Suspect is Clay. December 15th, on Rutledge Street. That one was remarkable in that uh, two, a uh, couple of teenage girls were robbed, and the suspects are Clay and this uh, young man. December 15th, on South Shore Drive, again very disturbing because the sanctity and the privacy of the home has been invaded and there was an armed home invasion and the suspect there is Clay. December 23rd, on O'Dana Road, a sandwich delivery driver was robbed and the suspect is uh, this 16-year-old teen I've made mention to and a 14-year-old uh, young girl. On December 31st, on Dwight Drive, we had another sandwich delivery driver robbery, and the suspects are altogether the same 14-year-old girl from the Odana uh, Road case, a 15-year-old Madison uh, young man, and a 12-year-old Madison youth boy. So VCU believes that, as we've seen, as, as you get my daily blog, is that by virtue of putting Clay out of commission, uh, we have seen a precipitous drop in the number of these sort of uh, armed encounters. And these were up close and personal with uh, everything that looked like a gun held within inches of people's faces at times. So one can only begin to think what kind of terror uh, was inflicted upon these various people. Uh, going into a home, girls getting ready to get into a car, gas station attendants just basically trying to get by and doing their job. All of these things have much more than a material or monetary implication for those folks because of the layers and layers of trauma that is induced having been victimized by someone, someone with a gun. So our VCU uh, folks believe that there are still uh, follow-ups to be made, perhaps more arrests to be made as well. Uh, we continue to endeavor to look through clues, including looking for the recovery of the firearms uh, that were used in these matters. So it is an ongoing investigation, which is why some of the questions you may have I might have to sidestep or defer, but uh, this is sort of our case in chief in terms of wanting to bring information to you today. Any questions for the chief or, or some query? I do know, I remember when I think Chief Cobal, you first kind of raised this issue there was incidents going back to, I think, 
November 20th that there were concerns that these were all connected. Is that still the case and there still might be others out there or is this clay and the other teams used kind of maybe even just loosely associated with or do you believe they are responsible for all these kind of string of robberies that you thought were well, that is still to be determined because we don't want to preclude the fact that a lot of people have associational ties and some may be more reticent and forthcoming and providing us more details. As you may also know that sometimes we're taking forensic evidence from a number of those cases and we sit in queue like everybody else uh, waiting for the results of that to see if there's someone in a database. If there are juveniles, there will be nothing in a database, but because of the outstanding uh, nature of the case, forensic information still being developed, seeing to what extent these folks will uh, implicate themselves and or others or accomplices or acquaintances, we don't want to close any doors. What we're speaking to here definitively, which is why we have probable cause, is that we can articulate with specific and articulable facts that there's probable cause that these various crimes that we're talking about today can definitively be linked to these suspects that we've enumerated. Chief, if I can follow up for one second, I checked with a couple of detectives. Are we talking about the armed carjackings that took place at the daycare center, those types yeah, of things? Yeah. At this point, we don't have anything to connect Clay and these others no. to okay. that, those crimes. We believe at this time those are that's likely a, a separate group mm -hmm. responsible for those armed carjackings. The carjackings, okay. Chief, you have people as young as you said, 12 years old, mm -hmm. taking party to these crimes. What's your reaction and what's driving such young children, rather, to take part in these crimes? Well, again, uh, it's hard to make those attributions, Hunter, as you can appreciate. Um, we always start from the basis is that all things being equal, why do kids make bad choices? Or why do adults, for that matter? Um, clearly, we know sociologically, psychologically, developmentally, some kids have been exposed to uh, a lack of opportunities. Others have dealt with trauma their entire lives. Whatever the kitten caboodle may be associated with it, there comes that flashpoint in a young person's life where there is a, an intentional or cognitive decision to make a choice. And if you're hanging with the wrong crowd, there's that peer dynamic, goodness knows, whether it's anything to do with being in a part of a gang and improving your, or establishing some street cred. There's a whole myriad of reasons of why kids make bad choices like this. And at this point, uh, I can't be probative enough to understand what compelled it. All we can deal is the behavioral outcomes of what it's left with victims. What's the relation between Clay and these teens? I mean, was he a rather ringleader to these crimes? It's difficult to say in terms of the one-on-one. -on -one. I think we do have vestiges where it was assumed that at one point Clay, perhaps with the older one, may have been gainfully employed at a, at a restaurant. Perhaps that's where their first affinity or getting close to one another began. But beyond that would be speculation on my part. Aside from the carjacking, I know that we've had a lot of what you have described as kind of teens, groups of teens, traveling around several area communities, mm -hmm. stealing cars and taking them for joy rides. Are these any of the same people uh, doing this type of crime? Well, until we can make some more arrests and see what their alibis or motivations may have been. But again, like Joel sort of intimated with the carjackings, I think we're looking at different sort of species or genres of criminal activity. The auto thefts or thefts 
are different from thefts from autos are different than armed robberies where guns are being brandished and pointed in people's faces. And as many of you know from speaking with me and others, we know who a lot of those young people are who are involved in the thefts of autos and thefts from autos. They're separate from this group of people we're talking about right now. And to follow up a little bit on what the chief said, we do know that Clay and the 16-year-old, who's maybe one of the main co-conspirators with Clay, did work together at one time at a fast food restaurant. Um, so we know that there's that nexus there. Chief? Mm -hmm. What is in place, Chief, that the police department may be doing to keep delivery drivers, cab drivers safe from here on out? Well, I think what we do is we actually have to rely a great deal on the training platforms that the employers are putting in place. Uh, a lot of these cab drivers are developing protocols through their corporate owners to ensure that what is risk that we're not willing to take and how can we outfit our cars with technology? What are backup protocols? How do we be a good witness as opposed to opening ourselves up to being good victims? I think that is something that we can do self-help measures with, with any company or any uh, entity that wants to have sort of how to keep yourself safer. But to the credit of the cab companies in this particular case we're involved in, I think I, I was amazed that we had about an hour and a half together with each other uh, as we were trying to sift and sort and provide some answers and also get some investigative leads from these folks. I was uh, quite impressed with the things that they had already self-initiated in terms of training protocols. So I think that in many ways uh, they're doing an awful lot already that I want to give them credit for. The reality is, though, is that, uh, and, and not to create, <laughs> I'm good at controversy, um, the beauty of the 24-7 commercially regulated cab companies here and licensed in Madison is that these folks are going 24-7. They don't cherry pick. They go to any and every neighborhood 24-7. And, oh, by the way, they don't pre-qualify their riders because they are open to equity issues. They actually might even take cash for all I know. So the bottom line is, is that uh, these folks are people that I don't want to see put asunder in spite of all those other competitive influences because unless we had a metro transit system that literally could provide a 24-7 service, which at this point we're not big enough nor can we afford it, we are reliant on people like the licensed and regulated cab companies to be there to go to those neighborhoods and to service those clients that might otherwise not be picked up. What's the driving force, would you say, of why people are targeting delivery drivers looking for, I guess, a handful of wad of cash perhaps is what's on their mind? I mean, what's the driving force? Well, it's actually good you raise that because we even ask to our own people because even when you're talking with the cabs, I think they would all be the first to say, and by all means you can come on up and push me stage right, that's fine. The mayor does it all the time. So one of the things you could understand is that by design, none of their drivers carry a lot of cash, nominal amounts, if at all. So this is a very high-stakes, desperate and risky venture that criminals engage in, knowing that that's not where you're going to get a treasure trove in terms of a major score. So one has to believe that uh, these are the acts of desperate people making very poor decisions. They're luring people, knowing and exploiting the fact that these folks are going to come 24-7 to just about any neighborhood in the city of Madison, absent any outright threat 
that can be articulated because that's a part of their charter. That's a part of who they are. And so I think that, by design, puts them in a more risky proposition than a lot of us would have. To clarify, could more arrests come from these cases? I sure hope so. I do. It, but I do suggest that um, since we've had Clay uh, under at least a, a probationary hold, uh, you read the blog, I hope, uh, I try to create it every day, and there has been a precipitous drop. And so whether that's happenstance, coincidence, or whether I'd like to believe my VCU has made a very nice targeted and surgical strike, I think that has taken the legs out from that kind of crime spree, at least for the time being, knock on veneer. Okay. Any other questions for the chief? Or How about my compadre? Do you want to add anything about your charges from Sun Prairie, sir? I have nothing to add, but I can answer any questions. You Very good. And uh, I don't know if anyone from the cab company wants to speak, but they're here if you want to. Can you clarify which case Sun Prairie was involved in? Please. Yeah, a little absolutely. bit more detail and clarity. Chief Kopal mentioned uh, the Tower Drive address. So that, that address is actually one of our gas stations. It's a 24-hour gas station in our city. That's a BP gas station over off of uh, the highway there at uh, Tower Drive and North Bristol Street. And that happened on December 14th, early morning hours around 4 a.m. And Clay is the primary suspect in that one? Along with the teenager and a third suspect. And just so everybody knows, I will be posting a lot of what we're talking about on the website, the conclusion of all this. So Thank, Thank you, you very much for coming. Appreciate it. Thank you, everyone.